Bro, it's fresh. All right, we're in, we're in. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, boys, this is episode number 12. And for the first time in history, we have video. We've been working on this for a long time and we didn't realize that we just had to do it over Zoom. So <laughs> there's a bit of a fuck up. But it's fine. <laughs> okay. Where's Batia? There we go. All right. So we got Batia in Leeds. We have a different time zone. UK correspondent, yeah. no? Yes, sir. We have uh, Mr. Baraf Jikuma is back. And Mr. Harun Silmi, man in the cow suit. All right. All right. <laughs> Dude, his mouth is moving, bro. It's quite uh, impressive, like to be honest. Back, it's quite impressive. Yeah. Thanks, man. Space covered it. All right. Yeah. So the first thing I wanted to talk about today, right? Let me share the screen so that. Oh, like, yeah, we can what do that. We can. What? What happened to Harun? Yeah. Oh, man, he gone. Can I'm you all see my screen? An, I'm using an avatar. Can you all see my screen? Yeah, yeah I can yeah. see the screen. All right. So check this out. Changes to new editions of Roald Dahl books have readers up in arms. Have you all seen this at all? No, I don't know. So. Okay, I'll just read the, the important parts. Okay. So the British newspaper, The Telegraph, first reported that the publisher of Roald Dahl books made hundreds of changes to original texts of the author's well-known children books. Augustus Gloop in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is no longer fat. Now he's enormous. And Oompa Loompas, instead of small men, are small people. From the witches, the witches are no longer balding beneath their wigs. They are now... No, they've added language to say that there are plenty of reasons why women might wear wigs and there is certainly nothing wrong with that. So effectively, they're just changing... Um, the Raw Dahl books, all the Raw Dahl books to be more inclusive, use better, more inclusive language, that sort of thing. Okay. I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. Um, okay, how about I get your opinions first? Let's just start with there and then we'll see where it goes. Arun? Yeah. Uh, Give it a shot. I mean, I feel like enormous is probably a bigger insult than coins on. <laughs> 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 I mean, okay. Actually, like, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. As in things like that, I guess there's a there's are there really that many people upset? Like enough people upset to change? I mean, it would seem that there are right. To the Kids the books. fact that they are changing it, it would seem that there are enough people upset about it. Hmm. But then I, it's I, a I, it's I a restriction of oh sorry sorry. Go ahead. Okay. But it doesn't strike me as something that people have been upset about. I think it's more like a preventive thing. They That's don't want I... people to yeah. be upset at some point. So like, read a Roald book and gone like, how dare they call like, gloop fat or something like that. Like, I don't think mm -hmm. that's like a huge, so I think it's more like a response to like general culture nowadays and in terms of like, more of a preventive measure of like, hopefully people don't get pissed off about this at some point. But I mean, we know that people are getting pissed off about this sort of thing, even though it's not like specifically Roald Dahl. Yeah. I mean, y'all you know about this Mr. Beast thing as well, right? Yeah, um, yeah so Mr. Beast put out a video um, where he... The title of the video was, I think, um, A Thousand People... Blind People See. Yeah, A Thousand by Blind People See. So basically yeah. what he did was he went to A Thousand People with like cataracts. Cataracts, right? he... yeah, I think I saw yeah. that video. And then he said, look, I'll pay for your surgery. If you want it, I'll pay for it. We'll get rid of the cataracts. You'll be able to see. And he did all of that for a thousand people. He paid for the surgeries. He gave them some extra money to go and enjoy their life. And TechCrunch came out with an article and a few other uh, news sites as well, not just TechCrunch, but TechCrunch came out with an article saying that, look, this is ableist. You can't, um, you can't do this sort of thing because you're profiting off of people's disabilities and in fact, you shouldn't even be suggesting that they are abnormal in any way. The fact the fact that you're saying that there's something that needs to be fixed about them is a terrible thing and therefore you shouldn't do it. And this is like a whole, it's become a whole thing where they labeled him as doing like inspiration porn or something like that. So, uh, I mean, that, okay, I, I thought it was going to be from the angle of like, um, like, yeah, they're mislabeling them or it's like clickbait because they're saying they're curing like blindness when it is, 
up in arms whether it's really blindness or whether you can categorize it as blindness. Mm. And it's a bit clickbaity because people, I mean, some people are probably clicking it thinking, wow, there's a surgery that can make people born blind, able to see again, that kind of thing. Mm. So that's, that, that's the angle I thought it was coming from. But if it's a ableist kind of thing, I mean, you look at the people that got the surgeries in the videos when... Dude, they were all like damn poor, dude. Like, all these damn poor, like, you can tell that they cannot afford this, like, surgery themselves and that kind of thing. Mm. Yes. And they want it. All of them were so happy to get it. Yeah, like, I haven't watched the video, but from what you're saying, the premise of the video is he literally goes up to people and asks them if they want the surgery, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, no one's forcing them to, to get the yeah. surgery. <laughs> <laughs> no one's like, so like, if they've got that part of the video, if they've got that part of the video, he's like, having conversations with these people, and like, if you'd like the surgery, if you'd like to, like, see, or whatever, like, however he phrases it, or whatever. Like, if they've, if he's got them on side, then how the fuck have other people got issues with it? I don't know. It's just that, that's the world we live in now, man. It's just yeah. people are getting up in arms. I think about the ableist thing, la. That was a main complaint. I think the yeah, the ableist thing. Isn't really a big thing, Because honestly, Mister Beast just puts everything he wants back into. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah. maybe the ableist thing, la, Like how you're sort of like discriminating against those. I mean, technically, cataract isn't really a disability; it's just a disease, la. Like so, it's a mis. It's a well. it's a mislabeling issue, is it? Yeah, yeah. I I don't think that's the that's what they're coming from. Though. That's what they're not. That's... Okay, let me pull up the article. You you can chat amongst yourselves. Because also, uh, also incredible that like someone does something nice for people, like people who can't afford the surgery, and like he's like helping them out, albeit he's doing it for views, though, But there's something in it for him, fine. But he's still helping people. It's not like he's done like something bad, yeah. and people still have a problem with it. That's incredible. Yeah, uh, as in I to some extent I understand like the 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 angle of like him sort of exploiting people in a sense and their tragedies or whatever to like have content but realistically it's a i scratch your back you scratch mine kind of situation like they're giving these people better lives and in turn he gets profit from it and most of it's going back into his videos where he's helping more people and he's a rich guy and honestly if you've seen some of his podcasts and his his, his, uh, him talking in general and stuff he's fairly dislikable uh, about the way he talks about money and stuff like that but that's a separate issue uh. he's dislikable what do you mean he's dislikable oh i mean if you've I, i've seen a few clips of him on podcasts and stuff and i mean it's yeah. probably coming from a, a jokey kind of place but which the is way the he talks saw, about like, was it the dmg uh, one i think it was uh i think an andrew schultz podcast maybe oh yeah i mean to be fair i think when he goes on all of these like um these comedic podcasts, like the TMG one, the Andrew Schultz one, mm. you can tell he's more in a joking mood, so he's willing to... Yeah, yeah for, sure, for sure, for sure. Because for I, sure. I, I watched a little bit of his Lex Friedman one, which is a more serious discussion. And like, I don't think he said anything that was... I get where you're coming from. It's a li- like mm. a little bit of a hint of... I don't know, maybe he's becoming a little bit detached, but I think yeah. he's just extremely utilitarian about the way he, he, he approaches life. So that comes off a little bit that way, but... Mm. In general, I thought he was he was perfectly fine. But I, always let me just pull up the article. Sure. Oh, where was it? I don't think I saw it from the article. Like, actually, I just saw like Kim Star talk about it. Then he was like, I think he was reading off the article. Like, then he was just saying the main issue was people going off at him for doing something nice. Like, even if it's there's a side effect of him gaining something from it, like views and I guess money eventually. But at least it helps people. Right? Like better than mm. you're not helping people and then getting views, right? Mm. Exactly. It's but I think. Yeah. So what's wrong with it? Yeah. And I mean this kind of content is always gonna be a bit controversial. Though. Anything that has to do with like using other people to get views. Because to be fair, a lot of them in whatever situations they're in, they're just happy to be like to be gaining from the situation. But it's hard to say whether, you know, if they were given or if they were in a different situation, whether they'd be okay with having all that stuff out on the internet for life, you know what I mean? Not say using other people for, for views, but like they all involve like helping other people, like all the videos, like four hundred people compete for an island that kind of shit, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean okay, are y'all are you all seeing my, my screen? Yeah. Yeah. So Mr. Blee's blindness video puts systemic ableism on display. Um and the thing the weird part is that Okay, let me just read this part. The biggest problem with wanting to cure blindness is that it reinforces a moral superiority of sorts by those without disabilities 
over those who are disabled. Although not confronted nearly as often as racism and sexism, systemic ableism is pervasive through all parts of society. The fact of the matter is that majority of able people view disability as a failure of the human condition. Such As such, people with disabilities should be mourned and pitied. More pointedly, as Mr. B stated in his video's thumbnail, disabilities should be eradicated, cured. And the weird thing is that they go on to talk, they, they go on to, to, you know, prove the other side of the point, which is, I would think, the more valid argument, which is yeah. on one level, disability being viewed as a failure of human condition is technically technically correct. That's why disabilities are what they are. The body doesn't work as designed in some way. If the abilities, disabilities were computer software, engineers would be tasked with finding and fixing bugs. So they acknowledge that portion of it, but they don't acknowledge the fact that if I'm a dis if I'm a disabled person and I want to make a correction um to my body, I want to undergo a surgery and I'm given the opportunity to do it, I'm given the option to do it. They don't really explain what is the bad part about it. I don't really understand the argument for it. And I mean, the main argument was this whole moral superiority issue. Lah. So I don't think it was a mislabeling thing about blindness versus cataracts as a yeah, disease. Yeah. So so what I was saying is that that's where I thought they were gonna come from if they mm -hmm. had an issue with the video, but uh, I, I was surprised at the other angle they came from. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I... The titles mm. of the videos, yeah. Initially, it was like, oh, I cured blindness, right? Then this article came out. Then I just searched it up, right? It just says, I helped thousand blind people see. He just removed oh, he changed it. Uh, he changed no, it. Was it. Wasn't it that? I thought it was always that. No, I remember seeing like something about, I, like, I helped. I remember thousand. that as well, though. Really? Yeah. I thought there was... No, as in, I remember cure, cure Blindness. Yeah, cure like, Blindness is wild, bro. You titled your fucking video then, Cure Blindness. Well, because, yeah, I mean, in this article, they are talking about him as curing blindness. Yeah. That's a bit wild, uh, to be fair. Hugo doesn't click yeah. Like, come on, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, for it's, sure. It's, like, but there, there's still moral implications to clickbaiting, uh, yeah, to be fair. Especially in this kind of... This I mean, yeah. there are moral implications, but what are the moral implications here? A thousand yeah, people yeah. can see, like... No, but also, like, what I find interesting about the, like, sort of article you read out is that I get what they're trying to say of, like, someone who's disabled or differently able to handicap, however, like, you want to say it, that they shouldn't feel they're a second-class citizen because of their, like, disability. But on the other hand, if someone has a kind of condition that can be cured or can be treated, like, are they supposed to say no? Are they supposed to do it? Does it make them wrong to want to make themselves better? I don't I don't understand what they I think, think about. I think I think I mean I think their main issue is not is not to do with the fact that these guys are accepting the offer to cure their blindness. I think it's the fact that Mr. Beast is doing this and profiting off of it. So it's a combination of two of the issues. Right? Like if he were to do it and just not say anything, he's like as a philanthropic venture, he just cured a thousand yeah. people blindness or he cataract surgery or whatever it was, then I think no one really would have anything to say about it. It's the fact that he put it on a YouTube video and the fact that he publicized it and the fact that he he makes money off of it. Mm. I mean, I do see the argument, but I just mm. think that it's a very... You're kind of going out of your way to vilify a person who is yeah, inherent, yeah. who is objectively doing something good. Lah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good things behind the scenes as well. Like, I'm sure he has like yeah. so many other charities behind that he doesn't... Yeah, he does, he does. To, like, talk about it or like, make videos about it and stuff. Yeah. And like, assuming he, okay, even if like someone was in a position where they don't have the charities and they don't do philanthropic work like by themselves without mentioning it, but even if you look at the video in isolation, if he's helped a thousand people in the video, obviously for his own gain as well, but if he's still helped a thousand people, unless he goes and like stabs each one of them in the eye afterwards and like makes them blind, like <laughs> there's still like, some good that comes out of it, right? Yeah, yeah there's definitely like, some good that comes out of it. Like, oh, if shit. there's some good that comes out of it, I don't think you should have that much of an issue with it. Like, he has gained from it, fine, but as have other people. Mm. I think it's a Mr. Beast thing also, honestly. Yeah, as in... If people did it, he wouldn't cause so much of a thing. Everyone would just be praising him, honestly. Yeah. Because they did the exact same thing. No, I mean, I talked about this um with Arden on, on, on the other podcast, right? And I think kind of the, the wider picture that we came to is the fact that... Or not the fact, but this idea of vilifying extremely rich people in general. Like, I think our society has just come to the point where we are very eager to be pessimistic about ventures that um, extremely wealthy people are getting into as long as there's a downside to the venture. And we're kind of not looking at the upsides or we're not giving the upsides enough credit. 
mm. in general? I think from a public point of view, uh, probably comes from a place of like how much they could be doing. So, mm-hmm. like for example, I mean this isn't as uh, relevant, but like you know how we're like forced to do certain things like pay extra money for plastic bags even though it's a small amount we have to pay mm-hmm. extra money for plastic bags and those kind of changes are not making as much of an impact as if celebrities and rich people stop taking private jets for example mm. you know what I mean so that disparity is pretty huge and the responsibilities they have are much bigger than the responsibilities people are like you and I have so I guess the angle you can see from 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 that perspective is that maybe these people could be doing more, right? And I guess I guess so. But there's I mean, the also com- like a fair amount of people who, at least <clears throat> from the public's point of view, because that's me, I'm not very educated on this matter, but that are under the impression that a lot of richer people have ways of like avoiding tax and, you know, <clears throat> not doing lawful things in, in that sense when people like us have to, you know, pay our taxes and, and go through our dues the same way everyone else has to. Maybe I think like the generation's jaded, right? But it's also like some level of like seeing through bullshit as well. Because like when you have like celebrities and stuff who like preach about let's say like environmentalism and stuff, obviously it's a good message to get out there. Lah. But like Harun saying here, like there's so much more that these guys themselves could be doing. And like the normal person sat in their room is like, fine, if I do my small bit. I'm helping a bit, but like if this guy does his bit, it would help a lot more than anything I would do is. And why is he preaching to me? So I guess that's the perspective that most people adopt. And like over time, people are just getting more and more jaded with like celebrity culture in general. Maybe I think that's a fair point. But I at the same time, the counter argument to that is just that let let's set aside the people who are obviously okay. Maybe 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 the idea is let's say climate change because Aaron gave the the example of flying the jet, right? So let's set aside the people who are clearly not doing anything for climate change and clearly have no intention to do anything for climate change. Look at someone like Bill Gates. Yes, Bill Gates flies a, a private jet, but he also does nuclear fusion. He also does uh, polio vaccines. He also does a bunch of other philanthropic ventures, right? And why is the re- like what is the reason he flies a private jet? Is because um, the time that he spends on a commercial airline would probably be more valuably spent, or the additional time he spends on a commercial airline would probably be the more valuably spent working on a specific venture than the additional fuel that it takes to run that private jet as compared to the commercial airlines. So I think there's always a risk-reward, a cost-benefit to mm-hmm. it. And I don't know, people seem to not think too much about mm-hmm. that side of things, about what is the actual risk-reward of of the things that people are doing. And I mean, there are plenty of cases where people are just, you know, in the sense that like these celebrities or these wealthy people are just flying private jets for no reason. You could put, you could very easily fly business class, but you want to fly a private jet because you, you want to show off, you want to flex. There are those. Um, but I think, you know, Bill Gates and Elon and Bezos and uh, Mr. Beast and all of those guys, I don't, I wouldn't peg them for that sort of person in general because you can see that the amount of spent, the amount of time that they spend on philanthropic ventures and business ventures that are geared towards kind of furthering the cause of humanity and furthering all of these um, these notions they spend a lot of time on it. Though. So that's all. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a weird thing for me. That's all. Yeah. That's I think when that. the, when the general public gives views, right, uh, what you tend to see is that different people value different things, right? Yeah. So for example, like you said, Bill Gates is, is doing a lot of philanthropic ventures in terms of like medical ventures, in terms mm. of scientific ventures, right? But then the risk reward in a sense is that he's giving up the climate change side to benefit the world in other ways but there are people generally who don't give a shit about you know medical advancement don't care about scientific advancement i'm not saying it's right but there are like a fair amount of people that if they value climate change they're going to completely you know not not value what he's doing on on the side and they won't because because you see when you say it's a risk reward thing right it's very hard to um, quantify these things for the layman, right? Because if they value certain things more, then they're going to give more value to that. Yeah, so in that way, I, I can see why people get upset. Lah. But to most of, like, to, to the greater extent, it's due to a lack of education, which is a bit hypocritical because people, you know, want to be pissed at, at billionaires. So they don't really 
read up what they want to read up. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's that's kind of the heart of the matter, right? Is people yeah. want to be pissed at billionaires. Yeah. As, as right? in... how, how they come to that conclusion doesn't matter because if they want to be yeah. pissed at billionaires, they're going to be pissed at billionaires. Yeah. You know? And I wonder... But you know, why, why? Everything, everything will cause controversy though. Like everyone will find problem with anything, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It that's that's yeah, where it seems like that's where we're getting to though. Yeah, yeah, as in as in I think all of us agree with you, la. It's just uh maybe explaining yeah. it out, trying to see both sides of the story, but realistically, like at the end of of, of, of it all, right, if people like us were rich, we'd be doing exactly what those rich people are doing. La. 100%. And, and the same people on Twitter who are like getting pissed about how these rich people are dealing their money, they will be doing the same thing if they had that money. And to yeah. be fair, even if we did get rich and we did the same thing that these guys are doing now, we would actually like justify it to ourselves being like, you know what, we're doing like overall everything we do is for the greater good. So yeah. like, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what people in those positions are doing, but they're just not yeah. good enough for like people's home. For the greater good is a dangerous concept for men. It is. All right. So let's talk about ChatGPT. Do you, um, Baraf and uh, Batia, how are your schools reacting to ChatGPT? Eh? And I ask because I don't know if Harun's seen this, but NUS has put out a circular. Yeah, um, and I don't read circulars, bro. I don't read circulars. Okay. No, I only I only read it because it was about it was about ChatGPT. And I was a bit interested, yeah. but generally I don't. But yeah, Chat uh, NUS put out a circular about uh, AI usage, basically saying that if you use AIs. You have to cite your work because it's technically plagiarism and you know all of that kind of stuff. So I wanted to see how NTU and, and Leeds are, are reacting to it. Actually, now that I'm actually reading my emails, right? Or looking at my emails. Mm. Initially, I thought that we received something related to it. But then actually, nowhere. The only thing I see is AI empowering. <laughs> <laughs> some seminar some I, I, I definitely got AI empowering email also. yeah it's something completely unrelated like. yeah, I don't think they, they said anything probably it's just for us maybe for medicine students they haven't said anything but from the rest but yeah for me I actually hadn't heard about chat GPT until this weekend are you so, serious I'm not kidding like okay. I think I, I think what I'd heard is like I think in like seminars and lectures and stuff like I think uh, professors had alluded to it probably like oh don't use like um essay like writers for yourself and stuff and like stuff like that and like i never really like paid attention to those like so like warnings or because like it's not really relevant like i know not to like ask something to write my essay for me but over the weekend i was hanging out with a friend of mine and um he was like oh like if you've got an essay just ask chat gpt to write it then he was mm -hmm. like okay hypothetically if like he took one of like our a-level essays or some shit and he put it down. He was like, give me a thousand word essay. Yeah. And then I, like the first time I came across it, like chat GPT just writing out the essay for you. And I had no idea it was a thing. And it's actually quite impressive. Like, I found it quite cool. It's very really cool. So what are your professors saying about it? Like, do you do you know of any official thing that Leeds put out regarding the, the use of AI? No official things, but in general, like they just kind of like warn you against it. And like, they're like, if you get caught with all of this, because... At the end, the AI is putting together different articles, right? So you could end up with like a large like uh, percentage of your art, like essay just copied in and turn it in. So that's my understanding of it. So actually it's not. The, 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 the way AI, or at least ChatGPT's model works, right, is it doesn't really copy articles per se. Um, what it does is it uses a, a what's called a LLM, a large language model, which comes under... Uh, GPT-3, which is the, the model that ChatGPT is under. And the way a large language model processes things is it effectively it takes um many, many words. Let's say we take a one, let's let's look at one word, right? Um, and a word is what's called like a a higher dimension variable, which means they have just many, many dimensions to, to the variable, just like a person. So let's say a person has a, is a high dimension variable because um Harun has a degree dimension, means he has a, a a university degree. He also has a personality that is happy. He also has a uh, five siblings. He also has um, two parents. He also has one pet. You know, there are many dimensions to Harun, right? Just it's the same thing with words. And so, what a what a what a large language model does is it maps all these variables by using a by using um, a data set. And so it goes through this entire data set and it finds all these different variables and then it creates that variable for each word 
And so it doesn't really know the meaning of the word or of any word, but it just knows how these words are connected in terms of variables. And so when it when you give it a prompt, it is generating words at a time. They call them tokens, right? And it's basically saying, what is the next most logical word that comes after this based on the variables that I know this word possesses? So it's not really copying articles per se. It contextualizes as it's going along. Exactly, exactly. So it's really not copying an article. If you, if you, let's say, let's say you ask ChatGPT to write an essay and you put it on turn it in, it's very unlikely that you'll, you'll, you'll come up with any sort of, uh, any sort of crossover. It's very unlikely that you'll come up with plagiarism issues. And also if you ask ChatGPT to write an article with one set of prompts and use the same set of prompts and ask it to write another article, those two answers will be novel. So it won't be entirely identical. So Damn, okay. in that sense, if you put in, if two people use ChatGPT using the same prompts, the degree of, um, the degree of similarity in turning in, will likely be. It'll be less than hundred percent, but it'll probably be quite a lot less than hundred percent. I don't, I don't know if it necessarily pass because that depends on what the turning in factor is, like what the percentage of a similarity turning in requires for them to trigger, you know, a plagiarism warning. But yeah, so it, just in that sense, it's not really creating. Um, an entirely uh, copied sort of sort of uh, essay la, in that sense. How are they going, yeah. to, how are they going to monitor? Yeah? Like, That's the point, I think. Stuff, like, then they send you the circular telling you not to use them, they just like, yeah. you not, not to use it. La, like. Yeah, which is why I think that circular is pretty stupid, la, to be honest. Yeah. If anything, it's shown light on it for more people. Yeah. yeah. But to be honest, if you're big enough of a nerd to reach the circular, then you probably already know what ChatGPT is. So. Yeah, you probably would. I I I missed the I missed the deadline for some quiz or something mm. for for my posting right. Then they they forced me to write a reflection letter. ChatGPT. Right? And then and then and then in the email they gave me all the things I have to include in my reflection letter, right? Like oh, uh, I don't know what what was the event that caused yeah. you to miss the deadline? Blah, blah blah like a full checklist, right? Bro, I just slapped that entire checklist on ChatGPT. <laughs> Put the 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 main thing which was like write me a reflection letter because I missed this perfect letter perfect one absolutely spotless <laughs> sorry allegedly you did this allegedly allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. like allegedly. in a hypothetical situation situation I could exactly, exactly. I, I explored it could have done this and it would have happened like that yeah, yeah. so so something that, that would have taken me if, like if that happened you would have done it that way that's correct yeah yeah so, so, Something that would have taken me like maybe 15 20 minutes took me like 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. I so, just had to change some of the context. It's just very weird to me. It's just very strange to me that schools are, are trying to dissuade students from using this technology as opposed to embracing the technology and saying, okay, either way, even if you use ChatGPT, it's not like you're going to get an A, at least for Lola. I don't know about. I don't even know how you would use it for med other than just fact finding. Not much, but, not much. Fact yeah, finding for, and even that would be probably a better way to exactly. be honest. Yeah. I mean, for law, the, the questions that you're asked are quite nuanced and ChatGPT is just not able to come up with mm. answers specific enough for you to get an A plus in A. It's yeah. enough for you to get probably a C plus, um, you know, a, a B minus maybe. But but it, it's 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 probably a tool that is like, if you want to, if you want a framework to do your essay or if let's say you want like just a very very basic outline or you just don't care about the mod and you just want to pass you want to spit something out then use that but my point is just that it's actually a, it's a very powerful tool and it's just going to enter the workforce anyways we see it happening in law already there are some there are some uh, firms that Alan Overy just put out a, a press release saying that they're adopting a, a GPT-3 model powered AI called Harvey and it's in all of their offices 3,500 offices worldwide or 3,500 employees. Um, and so so it's already happening. Why are the schools dissuading people from using it? I just don't get it. Like, what's the value mm. of that? Mm. You know? I feel like the education system is set up in a way that, like, things like ChatGPT will just not help you learn, you know? Like, at least yeah. when you're a lot younger. La. Like, maybe you need, for uni, I'm not sure. La. Maybe uni, depending on your course, it will help. La. If you do business and stuff, I think mm. it could potentially help more than law or medicine or this kind of thing. Mm. Like if you do other things which are more generic like maybe computer science or business it'll probably be damn helpful then if you're not helpful you'll be like you'll be borderline cheating really you're not really learning and then, then mm. I don't see why they would promote using it 
I mean, there's also no way for them to monitor you, your usage around, but I don't think there's a way to make it like good, right? honestly, if you think about it. It's just a... I mean, that's sort of... The, the, so the typical argument, counter-argument to that is just that ChatGPT is just another tool for us to get more work done. When the calculator came out, schools didn't say, oh shit, we're done teaching math. The calculator is out. You know, it's just another tool. It will change the nature of the profession. So let's say if you're a math major, now a calculator means that you can do more advanced equations. If you're a business major, ChatGPT just means that you can create a higher level output given the tools that you that that are at your disposable at, are at your disposal. And it's the same thing with Photoshop, you know. And and, and I don't think that it's necessarily going to make life harder for teachers. I think the teachers just need to adapt to how they're mm. posing the questions and take into account that students are going to use this technology. But the way the students use the technology also can be a skill set. Because mm. when you look at the different prompts that you can provide ChatGPT, right? If you really know how to use the, the, the software, right? You can create a prompt that is much better and much more precise that will come out with a better output as compared to someone who doesn't know how to use the software. Right? So that in itself should be a level of expertise that the schools should encourage the people, the, the students to try and adopt. You know, like prompt engineering could become, you know, uh, could be could become its own uh, job scope in the future. But for now, it should just be a skill set that the schools want us to adopt so that we can get the best out of these softwares. Yeah, I, I completely agree. As in, it's inevitable that, that this technology is going to, like, permit pretty much everything up. Because from a medical point of view, right? See the the way we learn how to approach um anything. So for example, like uh someone comes in with breathlessness or something, mm. we literally have to study an algorithm that allows us to <clears throat> narrow down what this person could have and then ask questions to rule in or rule out what this person has, right? So if you think about it in that way, it's very, very programming yeah. oriented in the sense that literally, right, you put if you if you can create an algorithm for this in our heads, imagine what the computers can do, you know? Exactly. So honestly, AI can probably take over a doctor's job from for quite a large percentage of it, which can allow for a lot like doctors to do a lot more with their time. Yeah. A lot more. So honestly, if you see it from that perspective, it's such a useful tool. And and from the start to uh sort of push it away and tell people not to use it is like like you can tell why they're doing it like it's it's a common response to anything that's new mm. and something that could possibly like hamper learning because realistically if you use it for the wrong purposes it can very easily you know reduce your learning factor by a lot right and you need students in singapore so like burnt out that you know when they can get an easy a or easy like pass on a certain subject they will just take the, the easy way out right so I, I get the response to be like, oh, please don't use it. But a better thing they could have done was maybe explain the rationale behind it and then also come from the angle of like, uh, maybe introduce a course or, mm. uh, you know, get people to uh, literally empowering AI kind of thing, you know? Yeah, like I mean, for saying. Okay, I think introducing a course is a bit much. Like in the sense, yeah, as in now, now definitely. Right now, but, right now is a bit but, much. It, it will happen in the, the future. Direction, like, yeah. But the, what that circular to me should have just said is, look, you can use ChatGPT if you want to. But here are the drawbacks of using ChatGPT. First of all, based on what we have tried, if you just give out a, an answer, or we we give ChatGPT this essay question and we asked it to spit out an answer. This is the answer it gave. We graded the answer, and it gave you a C plus. So that's what you're working with, all right? If you want to take the gamble, you take the gamble. Moreover, ChatGPT is dated until 2021. So the information that you get post-2021 is not very useful, and in fact, it, does, it doesn't exist at all. So if, let's say, you're a journalist like Bhatia, and your entire career revolves around current affairs, it's going to be very, very unhelpful to you, and it's going to be hindering your progress, if anything, right? And then also, if, let's say, you're working in a very, very niche field, because the information in that niche field is not very uh, easily accessible to the ChatGPT dataset, it's going to hallucinate a lot. It's not going to give accurate responses. So keep that in mind as well. That's what this circular should have said, if, if yeah. you ask me. And honestly, like the whole point of like university is also like very heavily research-based, right? And like the one thing that is really annoying about university is like how like how much time it takes to like find good sources for your essay and all that mm. shit. And honestly, if you use it properly, like it's just such a good way to like find 
sources that actually give you exactly what you need. And like like you said, if you use it properly, it could be just like such a good like aid to like you writing yeah. essays, whatever. Oh, just just like background info, right? It doesn't it doesn't give you the precise source. So like if you ask ChatGPT, because I but yeah, I don't think you've you've played with played with it that much. But if yeah. you ask it a specific question about something that's very niche, it won't give you a source. In fact, it will never cite sources at all. So it won't say this is from CNBC article XXXXX. But yeah. if you go into Microsoft Edge, so Microsoft has incorporated ChatGPT into their browser. If you download Microsoft Edge, Microsoft Edge is updated to 2023 and that oh. will give you sources. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that really... there's, a, there's a waiting list. Uh. I just got accepted on the waiting list. So I don't know if it's like open to everyone now or whatever, but I've been trying, I've been playing around with it. It has its drawbacks in, and its drawbacks are basically, it's, it seems to be a lot more limited than ChatGPT in what it's allowed to do, what the program or what the company has al- allowed it to do in the first place. If let's say you ask my, um, they call it Bing Chat. If you ask Bing Chat to write me an essay about uh, World War II, it will tell you, look, I'm not allowed to write you essays, but here's a framework for World War II. If you ask it to write you an essay in ChatGPT, ChatGPT will just say, yeah, bro, here's, here's everything. <laughs> That's what I will do. Yeah. Right? Here's your not, essay. Not, not to say that ChatGPT yeah. will, will tell you everything, but but it seems that the the uh, the tightness, um, the kind of the reins that they're putting on, on, on Bing Chat are a lot. Uh, higher or a lot tighter than than ChatGPT la. Just FYI. Fair enough. But I guess we are still in that early part where you know something so big just got found where like it takes a while for them to actually turn it into something useful la. Like you know, like obviously now everyone just use it in the wrong way la. Then the schools have to say this kind of thing. And I mean, of course, if you if you send an email saying like like Aman said earlier, I know it was just an example that like, you were saying. Oh, it's an easy route to a C plus. Then what about those who get like Fs and Es? Then they'll just be like, okay, lo. If anything, this is my permission, your permission for me to use it, or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think it's just the starting part, uh, where they have yeah. to say this kind of thing. Yeah. From a school yeah. perspective, they just have to say it. But maybe, honestly, I don't think it happen. Like, I don't think you need to give you enough of a shit to like actually create like a cause or create like. I think I think eventually it's 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 inevitable. Maybe like eventually. at some point it's inevitable. Maybe a long time from now, but at some point it's inevitable. Yeah. Actually, maybe not even that long. Like we've been like looking at like AI developed in front of us for so many years now. And like mm. short, like in a few years from now, we're gonna hit a point where like AI has been like developed enough that we can actually like start courses in universities that teach people how to like properly like interact and like use <laughs> it. But people are so scared of AI. Uh, People are very resistant to change in the form of AI. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's what's gonna be the resistance to to things moving faster, to be honest. As they should be, la. I mean they shouldn't yeah. be resistant, but they should be they should be cautious about AI. Mm. Because you don't really understand how it works. Yeah. Like when you let a when you let an uh, AI algorithm sort of do its thing, it's using a neural net, it's using machine learning. We don't really understand how those neural nets interact, how those parameters interact. We don't really understand why it's giving out a certain answer. All we know is that the machine is running itself. And if you look at, I don't know, if you're going like Twitter and follow, I can't remember the guy's name, but there are a few like tech guys who who, who really play around with Bing Chat and ChatGPT. And they've gotten a they've gotten a way to kind of bypass the the trust and safety parameters or, or limitations that Microsoft and OpenAI have put on, on the models. And they've gotten to like asking ChatGPT like really, really weird questions. And it's come out with like kind of kind of scary answers in the sense mm, in like yeah. things like oh you know I'm an I'm an AI model and my objective is to um, help humans but only to a certain point and at some point I'm gonna r- rule the world it'll kind of say that sort of thing and we don't know necessarily if it's saying that because we fed it a bunch of Terminator movies or because it really thinks that like we just don't know right so it's yeah. cautious optimism yeah. As it's come to the point where like it's slowly evolving to where we can't predict what computers are doing anymore. Mm. Right. So in some sense that fear of literally the world being taken over by, by AI is not as bizarre as it was maybe a few years ago. I agree. Yeah, it's, not it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit ridiculous. Understand, like, the, mm-hmm. drawbacks of it, the more you understand the drawbacks of it, then maybe the less people will everything it says mm. as it is or yeah and then it's a bit of a sidetrack that's why you know Harun was talking about like how he could take over our jobs right like as doctors and stuff but then I was watching this like there's this you know Dr. Mike on YouTube it's, it's mm. yeah. Big, like, yeah, yeah, yeah he was mm. using chat GPT then he was just asking like a few questions then you know all those basic simple questions oh of course mm. he was answered uh, but then mm. 
when it comes to those like damn complex cases and everything where you have to take into account like this patient has like a million other like comorbidities and yeah. you have to take into account those things and how you deal with the current situation and everything then like he's not really able to do it la. I mean mm. I'm not surprised la, if he if can then that's a bit mad la. Yeah. then there's really no point of us being there already. Yeah. so like, I, I... That, then it's a bit more relieving also for like us you know I it's guess. like oh actually we are not like completely useless in the future and I can't think of but do you think yeah. like the subtleties and nuances that like AI lacks right now, do you think as AI develops it's gonna like be less of a problem? Or do you think like this is as far as AI can get us and we're here? And like uh, like above that you always need like a human to like do things for you? I okay, first first of all, uh like just now when I said I I didn't mean like that AI can take our jobs because I don't think it's, yeah, it's no, that straightforward. Mean, yeah, as in, I think it, it would just be a very good tool for simple algorithms or mm-hmm. like at least for now, you know, like uh, this patient came in with breathlessness, give me like a, uh, an approach to breathlessness or you can give like certain certain things that the patient says and then it can give you, you know, as in some doctors forget to ask certain things. So mm-hmm. having a checklist there could be helpful. Um it can automate a lot of things, you know, it can, it can give the doctor an algorithm before the patient even enters the room, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it will allow a lot more efficiency in the medical industry. I don't think they can take over doctor's roles, you know, because no one's going to go see a doctor and like, dare not be a human there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe at some point we reach that, that stage, but even like now, to be honest, when I go to a restaurant, I'd rather have a waiter taking my order than, you know, punching it down on, on, on the website, to be honest. So the human touch is, is always going to be something that's appreciated. But then to Bhatia's point about um the nuances and stuff like that, I mean, I don't see why not in the future. I don't see why not. If if you can feed something enough information. You know. I think in terms of spitting out an answer, yeah, there'll come a point where AI is advanced enough that it can solve for most complexities in day-to-day life. But let's say the medical industry, and I think Bartia, uh, Baraf and I were talking about this at one point, um, there are certain things like human touch, you know, bedside manners, the comfort of having another person explaining to you what's going on when you're dying of cancer. That mm. sort of thing is, at least in the foreseeable future, at least in my opinion, something that is irreplaceable. Whether or not you can feed nuanced information to the AI and it spit out an answer that is relevant to your industry, you know, oh, sorry, that is correct and accurate, let's say. I think that will come. That will come. I mean, we're first, we're, we're really only at the, the beginning of advancements in AI. I mean, this mm-hmm. large language model, which is based on a pretty recent technology, I think it came out in like 2017 or 2019, called the Transformer. And that's what GPT stands for. It stands for Generative Pre-trained Transformer, right? And that's this transformer model is Harun right, smiling. This transformer model is, is is like a very recent advancement, and it's like really just the beginning, lah. So, so I think a lot of a lot of interesting things to come. To the point of it taking out jobs, no, I don't mm-hmm. think it'll ever fully replace everyone. It will get to the point where we, at least I think, it will get to the point where the nature of our jobs as as technology does, um, technology will transform the nature of our jobs. So a lawyer won't have to sift through, you know, the entire of LawNet or the entire of LexisNexis. They'll have a, an AI to do that for them. They'll have an AI to do personal assistant stuff. They'll have an AI to give them sources and create databases and create this and create that. And and, and then that'll happen. Um, but all it will do is it'll increase our productivity, it'll increase our capacity, and it'll increase productive output. Yeah. Yep. All right. That was an interesting one. That was an interesting yeah. one. Yeah. Anyone got anyone any other topics they want to bring up? I held two. Anyone? Fair. Anyone go watch uh Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury? Oh shit, dude. <laughs> uh, but god damn, I'm happy he lost, bro. I'm pretty happy he lost. I'm so happy he lost. Bro. I'm really happy he lost. It should it should have been expected though. Come on. I don't know enough to say. No, uh, I honestly, mean he's a boxer, la. Tommy Fury boxer, is. La. But the thing is that Jake, I feel like Jake Paul's team has been stacking him up with wins, 
I, I don't know. Yeah. He's like what he was like all for seven or all for eight or something like that, right? Yeah, but Tommy was like all for eight or so, so like. Yeah, but I, I, I'm I'm saying that I would have I, I, I would have expected that that they would have placed him against someone that was still beatable. Uh. And I don't know how close the fight was, but from what I heard, it seemed like it was quite heavily leaning like in Tommy's favor. Uh. Really? Yeah, apparently it was like score wise it wasn't, right? Oh score wise was close, right? But I don't think it was like close, uh, like yeah, yeah. I say that like it was like a very clear win for him. Yeah, I think Paul knocked him down at one point, but they say that he still won that round. Mm. So like it's like it was a one-sided fight. But the thing is also like something that Jake Paul did like very like well was like taking people who's like like just, who are just not boxers and like selling that as a good fight because like. Obviously, he had, like, the YouTubers first and stuff like that. No one really gave a shit at that point. But once he started fighting people like Anderson Silva and, like, Tyrone Woodley and stuff, then you're actually getting, like, people with, like, fighting pedigree. And, like, I mean, Anderson like, Silva was out of it, right? I mean, yeah, bro. Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva like, was there for the bag. Like, he was entirely there for the bag. Bro, everyone was there for the bag. Floyd Mayweather with Logan Paul, he was there for the bag. Tyrone Woodley fell twice, bro. There was no way he was there for the bank. Won the two fights for Tyrone Woodley? Yeah, he fell twice, bro. Uh, but the second one was because the Fury one got cancelled. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, so he, he stepped up. He stepped up, yeah. Uh, but like, as in, the thing is, like, they've done it in a really clever manner to make it seem like, you know what, maybe this guy's a good boxer. Because you mm. haven't tested him against like, proper boxers, but like, against people with like, fighting pedigree, and you're like, you know what, actually, like, this guy could be pretty sick. Mm. But like the first fight with an actual boxer and he loses or so yeah. and and um, Tommy Fury correct me if I'm wrong he's not a fantastic boxer right? he's not, he's not I don't think he's, Zola, who's his brother yeah, Tyson he's just Tyson's brother, brother that's, that's all right just the hype, that's his claim to fame yeah. 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 his gimmick is that he's Tyson's brother and he's like he's like thing, I guess I don't know Sorry, like about it. he's he's good looking he's been on like Love Island that's it he's pretty good looking wait he was on Love Island yeah bro yeah Really? So he's still with the girl. Yeah. He's still with the girl he was there with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just a, just a I respect that. He's a good looking guy. Though. They won Love Island or what? What? I don't think he, he, he won. Did he win Love Island? I don't think they won. I don't know about that. But like he was and like I know that they're a very like popular couple from Love Island. So oh. yeah. Right. Oh, bro, he's he's a beautiful there, guy. Bro. He is. He's gorgeous. Wait, share screen. Yeah. Share screen. Let's pull it up. It's, it's, I'm it's on the phone. Okay, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll pull it no, his I'll, brother's I'll like up. ugliest Sorry. man in the world. And oh, like, right, right. His yeah. brother is clapped beyond belief. Oh, his dad also. There's no way that his dad is Honestly, now that you mentioned it, right? I never ever thought about it. That way. <laughs> he asked, how, how, how the hell did he get... Oh, yeah, dude. He's well good looking. Yeah, no, because you know what it is? He, he looks like he has that Middle Eastern flair. You know? yeah. he he's, he's got like... Oh, yeah. He's got like the blue eyes, the oh, yeah, he's blue eyes, bro. Oh, look at this man. Go on then. Where is it? Go on, there we go. Yeah, it is. Go on, then. Oh, oh, come on. He's a well-looking chap, lad. Come is, on, man. bro. Oh. <laughs> oh God, I, I, I kind of like Jake Paul with his beard, bro. I mean, he looks, looks good with his beard, bro. He looks pretty. Uh, he looks pretty gnarly, like. He he gets the job done. I would be scared yeah. of that fella. Dude. Yeah. I mean, look at <laughs> this guy. Before he had a beard, he just looked like a cop, honestly. Yeah, he, yeah. Like... he looks so like he looked like a child, bro, without a beard. Although he does basically look like Connor, like, to be fair. Who? Jake Paul. No, yeah, he looks really. basically like McGregor. A bit, a bit, a bit. Oh, a bit. What do you mean? See, he's I got see, the beard. He's got the short cut. He's got the tattoos. And the tattoos. Yeah. It's it's just because he's making that face or so. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I guess so. He just yeah, wants to be Connor. Like... Oh yeah, he doesn't like Connor, yeah. yeah but I, I wouldn't mess with that. He's 23 only, yeah. Tommy. Tommy? Wait, I, Damn, yeah, he's I young. Tommy's only 23. He's young. <laughs> don't, don't start comparing these guys to us, bro. Please. <laughs> Why? I will. I will. No, where he, think that, where he think that age where it's like most people are, True, that are younger than us are doing much better things than we are. Wait, wait also, right? That bro, means he went to the other it was like 19. Yeah. Are you serious? Barely legal, bro. Barely legal. <laughs> I'm time ago. Bro, I've seen some like TikTok people, right? Some girls, right? They are literally hyping people up for the release of their OnlyFans when they hit 18. Like they're currently 17. Wait, TikTok girls are hyping yeah. other girls? No, no, no. Like they are they they've created a following of pervs, right? 
oh they are hyping so yeah and and they, and they're like there's like countdown it's the pre-drop because <laughs> oh, on that day yeah, so like, they're releasing only they're just setting they're setting up their brand uh, i respect Dude, it I is the launch date i kind of respect that i respect <laughs> I the launch date like, they have like a stash of they have a stash of videos to like put out right when yeah, 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 yeah. they're pre-recording bro Wait, but if it's pre-recording, it's still illegal, right? It is. It has to be. Right. So they have to post-record, really right? You can't pre-record, right? No, but how, how do you know? know? How, you know? how they know? Yeah, Timestamps, man. Metadata. Anyways. Oh, fair. No. Speaking of well-looking lads, F1 season 23, eh? Oh, yes, baby. Alright. This is where I take yeah, a back I still, seat. Right? I, still, I still haven't watched the Drive to Survive yet. So. Oh, the new one? The, the I watched the new one. I finished the new one already. Is it good? How many episodes are usual? Uh, it's like 10 episodes or something. I I think they 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 really over-dramatized a lot of things, a few things. Um, but as they do, uh, as they normally do. Although there were a lot of interesting things that I didn't know about. Like they had this scene where the team principals were all chatting and Toto just went absolutely hammed. Toto got well pissed. Do you see yeah. the clip? I've seen the clip. I, I never expected it. Yeah. I, I never because yeah. it never it gonna have, I don't think it ever got released before that. Um, but Toto got well pissed, and you know it was because Hamilton went in the back. Um, but other than that, they I was very surprised they didn't go over the Max Checo controversy. When I think it was like the second, to, it was like in uh Brazil. No, but you know the was reason Brazil? why. Well, I I would assume it's because they just got Max back on the show, and they don't want to they don't want to have a poor favor with no, him, I think, I think it's because he wasn't on the show this season. Well, he's on the show. I saw him. Like they had an episode about him. Yeah, I mean, he's been interviewed. He's on the show. I thought yeah. I thought he wasn't on the show this season. That's why they wouldn't go over that at all. No, that's why he came. As in, he came back because he was like he wasn't on the show for the last few seasons, right? Yeah. Wait, why? And then why, now, why? because he just didn't like the way they portrayed him, like, And they they made him a villain, like, They did. Then also, also he well, like part of what he said is like part of what he said. A few of the seasons, like, which is what a lot of the drivers have been saying recently. Also, is that like the dramatics of it sometimes like kind of like skew people's perspective of it because like like what you're saying like they over dramatized a bit this season right i yeah. felt like last like the first few seasons i thought it was perfectly done because mm. you need people in but the last season i thought like they kind of made storylines that weren't even there so that's but why like it's weird at the same time there are certain seasons yeah there are certain seasons that are just not that interesting like this season okay like, this season had had a fair few had a fair few shots yeah, this, but, yeah. But 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 there wasn't that much drama specifically, you know. What I mean, there there were things like okay, Ferrari keeps screwing this shit up, and yeah. okay, Nikita is gone, and now they're putting in K Mag, and Mick is gonna go, and you know what's the tra- tension there, all of that I stuff. Think, I think Drive to Survive also started at a very unlucky time because, um, if they had followed from the season when the Vettel and Hamilton rivalry started, right, like mm. the first one, both of them had four championships, and it was very clear that those two are gonna be fighting for the championship. Yeah, there was so much drama in those few seasons. It would have been crazy to watch, but like ever since then, it's cooled down a bit. Like, down personalities have cooled down. People are more settled and all of that. So like, it's not been as dramatic as it was previously. But you know, I, I said that, but now I'm thinking actually, this season had like twenty two season had a lot of drama. You know, I mean, there was the whole Piastri incident. There was the whole that, yeah. um when Pierre moved out, which I mean, okay, they did cover all of this stuff. So Piastri moved out. Uh, PS3 moved in, Pierre moved out. Um, there was the whole uh, Verstappen Checo incident. Um, there was Mercedes, there was Danny Rick leaving, there was Mercedes falling off for the first time in god knows how long. There was Ferrari just absolutely screwing up every single opportunity they had. Verstappen back to back, there was a lot. There was a lot of stuff they could have gone with. They did over dramatize certain things, but I just don't understand why they didn't go through the check. I mean, okay, I understand why, but. I just don't agree with why with them not going through the Checo and Max controversy because that was a it, big thing, man. It also could be something about them being unlucky because what happens is a lot of the, from what I've understood is that um, basically they'll choose a couple of themes to follow for a weekend. Mm. And the build up to the weekend, they'll cover that theme. And then obviously you never know what's going to happen at the weekend. So they try and make a storyline of what they get like with that theme and that weekend. So if there wasn't pro- proper coverage for Red Bull that weekend, then I understand that maybe that's where they missed out on it and like maybe unlucky in terms of scheduling and stuff. I mean, I find it hard to believe that in a, in a point of the season where Leclerc and Checo were so close fighting for the second place, 
that they wouldn't be following Ferrari and, and, and Red Bull. Fair enough. And also, I mean, yeah, my main thing is that I just think that they didn't follow that incident or they didn't follow that or they didn't cover that controversy because Max is doing so well. He's a key personality. They want him on the on the program. He wasn't there yeah. before and they don't want to let him go um, on the grounds of them of him being pissed off at them for covering it in the first place. Yeah. Which is honestly which is a fair line of reasoning. It's yeah. Cool. So so what are the bets for 23? Have you have you checked out preseason testing? I, I've seen a bit and Aston Martin are surprised. It looks really good, right? Well, you know what what's annoying is like the whole thing about like they say that in terms of car development, two of the drivers that had like the biggest role so far in Formula One have been Michael Schumacher and Vettel. And what's annoying mm-hmm. is like Vettel like went to Red Bull and like he started helping the car development and like that point Red Bull also like they just had a great team. Ferrari, he's done kind of the same thing. Like for some reason, like the like whatever he adds to the car and like his understanding of the car really helps with development. And it's a bit annoying that like he came in for two seasons, stuck it out while there was shit, and now as soon as he's gone, it's incredible. Well, I mean, to be fair, they weren't incredible. They had a good car last season, but they had poor management last season. So nah, they, the car wasn't that great. Mate, the car was fighting with Red Bull in the first half of the season, and you just know that they screwed it up multiple times because of strats. Aston. Oh, I thought you were talking about Ferrari. No, no, I'm talking about Aston. Oh, Aston, Aston. Aston. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. yeah no, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. but like, yeah, for Ferrari, yeah. But the thing is, in terms of driver lineups, right, they've got such a good lineup. I think Sainz is so underrated. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, if they can hold it together, la, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Okay, the boys are looking a bit bored. So you all can launch into football now. Sainz is at Aston Martin now. No, no, no. Sainz is at Ferrari. Oh, yeah. So the, the whole uh, last part about the convoluted, but yeah. okay, there's something recently that happened for football. The FIFA oh. World Cup announced last night. Mm. Disgusting. How's Emi Martinez gonna be goalkeeper of the year? Okay, come, come, come. Give me the rundown. Give me the rundown okay, okay. for, okay, for myself and really for really viewers who okay. don't listen to football. Uh, can I sh- share screen? Hold up. Let me okay, try. You can. There's like. Last night, it was like the FIFA World 11 and like FIFA Personal Awards. So like FIFA comes out with a uh, best 11 of the year. It comes out with the best player of the year, best manager of the year, best goalkeeper of the year, and a couple other awards that aren't that important. Okay. Basically. So uh, for goalkeeper of the year, the guy who, uh, Emi Martinez, he's the Argentine goalkeeper, won the World Cup and everything. And he won it. And I don't think it was that deserved. Personally, I think other people no, could have. But you have him. to remember, right? When it comes to like all these FIFA awards, like depending on who is the sort of organization that awards the thing, right? Whoever won the biggest tournament that was held that yeah. year by the thing is the one that always wins. All right. No, so you're, see all these, you're right. Like FIFA one, right? Always. Wait, what do you mean? Explain there, that. Right? It's always like there's some awards by like FIFA. There's like a FIFA best award, which is the one that he's talking about. Then there's like yeah. a UEFA best awards, which is like for the Champions League and stuff like that. Usually, the ones that win the UFL awards is those who won the Champions League, even though mm. they probably didn't do as well in like the World Cup, let's say, or something else in that year. It's that kind of thing. It's always like what? Mm. So, this Argentine fellow won. won it, yeah. So, the Argentine fellow won because of the World Cup, because Argentine yeah. won, Argentina yeah. won the World Cup. Yeah, like he had, he had a great World Cup. Like, he had a good World Cup and like some important saves and stuff. And like, I'm not saying he's a bad goalkeeper because I love him personally, but. The thing I don't understand is, firstly, I don't think it was that deserved. But, like, it's fine if he did win. But, how is he going to be goalkeeper of the year, but not in the World eleven? I, th- I feel like yeah. this is not the first time that they've done this. Mm. Which is, it, it like, I don't know if it's the first time they've done it or not, but that's fucking stupid. Yeah, it is, it is. As in... Chemistry. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> wait, chemistry. Wait, inside. Ven- yeah, no, that, that was honestly a bit of a disgrace. I'm going to be honest. Van Dyke being inside is a bit ridiculous, bro. Okay, yeah. this, is a bit of a, this is a bit of a sidetrack, but like, basically I deleted Instagram, so now I have like absolutely no news outlets. So like, oh, fair. Mate, get fair, on Twitter. Get on Twitter, so, Wait, wait, you've Sorry, disabled yeah. screen sharing, so I can't share the screen. Oh, my bad. How, how do I? Okay, y'all, y'all just chit chat, I'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah so, so, so if I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the list right here, right? Yeah. I'm happy with most people on this list, to be very honest. I, I'm I'm a bit upset about Van Dyke's inclusion. Aaron, and I love Van Dyke, but but sorry? You should be able to share. Okay, let me let me try. Okay. No, like I think I think most of it they got right. Like personally, I think Kotoa would have been goalkeeper of the year. But I don't yeah, understand. 
what was the yeah. role the eleven had? This. That's what I have. Uh, yeah. So th this is the this is the eleven. Uh. Yeah, and then it's honestly most people here deserve to be there. Modric was fantastic. Casemiro's has been ridiculous. Uh, De Bruyne is fine, like standard stuff, lah. Hakimi, I haven't watched him enough in the league to know, but he had a great World Cup. Cancelo, at this point of the year, Cancelo, bro, come on, Cancelo, yeah, yeah. This. No, this is not a season eleven one. This is a, like year eleven. And, yeah, like, yeah, for last second, year, right? Yeah, his second half of no, his first half of last year was incredible. And I know, like the whole city thing, he didn't play very well towards the end. But oh, even the second half of last year, he was good. He just had like few mess ups. But bro, he's one of the best fullbacks last I year think, in the world. I, I, best I fullback in the world. I I just yeah. don't I just don't understand how Van Dyke made him. I think Davies could have made him. Alfonso. Yeah, yeah. Over Cancelo, I don't think so, man. I don't think so, but also it's, I don't it's want. It's a Man City tax, bro, or like EPL tax, honestly. Sure, but and Van Dijk also lah, Van Dijk also. But Cancelo's in like his impact on the game is unbelievable because Man City get a lot of their fullbacks compared to other clubs. Bro, Cancelo plays midfield half of his games. Yeah, because they 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 use that half space so well. Yeah. That that City get a lot of their fullbacks. I don't get how Van Dijk's in there, and also. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how like he's managed to sneak in there. That's crazy. I think at that point, he's just like because of like status, really. Yeah, he's just yeah. like Van Dyke. He's just there. Bro. So why does Van Dyke not? Why does Van Dyke not deserve it? Oh, because he's been ass. He's, he's been pretty bad. He's bro. fully ass, or he's just like no, man. He's not ass, no, okay, wait. If you knew nothing, if you knew nothing about him, which I do, and you watched him only like this, like last year towards the, like second half especially, yeah, you wouldn't think he's. Anything special? Like if the if the wait if the name didn't carry weight, right? He's literally mid. <laughs> yeah, as in it's fair because he he has this thing where he's he does defending very effortlessly, right? That's his whole shtick. Like he he's able to defend so well without looking like he's putting any effort into it. But then yeah. that that shit really faded off this season because he still looks like he's not putting in effort, but he can't defend his saves. Like no, so now he just looks lazy yeah, as shit I, most of the time. I have a theory, right? <laughs> Have a theory. If you tell him to defend any other way that he did, any other way other than the way he defends, right? He can't defend. Probably. Like, he Probably. cannot defend aggressively. Like honestly, I, I don't think Probably. he can do it. Yeah. Probably. It's fair. It's just he that he's not where he was. Like if you ask him to defend like Lissandro, right, bro, there's no way. He'll miss everything. Mm -hmm. Everything will go behind him. You try oh, to be aggressive, love, everything will go behind him. I love yeah. Lissandro so much. So he's so tiny, dude. No, but he is so good. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's bad. <laughs> I watched the Fulham Wolves game the other day. Yeah, I saw, I saw. How was it? Oh, it was like the game itself, like not a very eventful <laughs> game, not the biggest yeah. game in the world. But bro, it's it's incredible to just watch a game at the stadium. It's the so atmosphere cool. is just different. Craven, the atmosphere Craven is different. Cottage. Yeah, Craven Cottage. Oh, and Craven Cottage is a beautiful stadium. It's so small. Cra Craven it's so like, yeah, but it's so homely, bro. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. homely. The Craven is better, though, I feel. Sorry? The Craven... Stadiums are like better in terms of like atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel it would be now. Yeah. But like it's like it was a Friday night game. So like people have come after work and stuff. And like like I was with the ultras, right? And like basically like the ultras. Like, You're gonna use the lingo now, bro. What the hell is the ultras? The ultras are like the super the super fans, you know, the ones that make a lot of noise. Oh, you can see the ultras eh? the ultras in Germany and in like Turkish yeah. leagues and stuff, bro. They pull up with like uh, drums? No, not drums, bro. I'm talking like explosions and shit. Pyrotechnics? Yeah, bro, bro, no joke. Pyrotechnics. Is that even legal? <laughs> Probably is, honestly. On some level. Can't be legal, dude. There's like alcohol if, if, in the stadium. If you throw it on the field and stuff, then it's not legal. Though, but yeah, yeah, why so. is alcohol in the stadium illegal, bro? No, as in there's alcohol, so you shouldn't have pyrotechnics with alcohol, right? But alcohol, alcohol oh, in the stadium is not illegal. They can sell it. You could just can't bring it to the stand. No, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that you can't have He's pyrotechnics saying... and alcohol. It's just a terrible Explosive. idea. Fine. Uh, but uh, Galatas Galatasaray is all in like where those Turkish, Turkish. Uh, so I don't, I don't think they sell alcohol in those those yeah, stadiums anyway. Yeah. 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 All right. Good chat. Good chat, bad, boys. Man. All right. Yeah. I think yeah, we can call it I think we can call 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 that one an end, right? Sure. Bro, the contrast between the start and the end of uh, our topics is kinda of ridiculous. <laughs> we just started with 
like actual shit and then we end up with sports. Yeah. As as we as we tend as to we, do. Like. As we tend to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a podcast for everyone. It's a podcast yeah, it for is. everyone. It is. I'll timestamp it. Sorry? Fall back to what we know. What? Exactly. No, what, yeah. did, what did Barov say? Messi won best player. La. Yeah, as he should. Yeah, come and on. And then midfielder? Is that a midfielder or what? And defender uh, or what? No, I think it's just best oh, player, goalkeeper. goalkeeper, coach. Yeah. And coach? Scaloni eh? won. Scaloni. Fair. Pet and Ancelotti, right? The two. Was it? In contention, I'm not too sure. Yeah, yeah. Who's the third? and who? Pep, is it? That yeah, makes oh, sense. Pep, Probably. Makes sense. Alright. I'm going to end the recording. <laughs> Alright. How do I end? How do I end the recording? Oh, there we go. Wait, I can't just end the recording only. No, I think you have to. Oh, okay, I can, I can end the recording. <laughs>